The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars Popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The Patience of Job In the time of the patriarchs, there lived in Arabia a man named Job, a holy man of many virtues, the greatest of which was patience. And the Lord blessed Job with riches beyond those of his neighbors. Unlike most men, Job declined even to contemplate his riches. Master, Yes, Cyrus. May I have a few minutes to speak with you? Of course, Cyrus, but now be quick. It is nearly time for prayer. It is always time for prayer. And what is wrong with that? Oh, nothing, nothing, Master. Master, I'm a loyal and devoted servant, am I not? If I did not think so, I would not have appointed you my overseer. And under my guidance, your riches have multiplied many times, have they not? Indeed, yes. Now, what is troubling you? If I may be so bold... Do you know what your countrymen say of you? No. They say to me, your master is a man of great wealth. But unlike other men of great wealth, he doesn't even know how much he has. Well, it's enough for me to know that it is there without gloating over it. I suppose what they say is true. I do not know exactly what I possess. It need not be true any longer. I have just completed for you a complete inventory. You and I will sit down some evening and go over it. But I could give you an idea right now. You promised me a few minutes. Very well, I owe you that much out of consideration for your labor. What then have I got? 7,000 sheep. Hmm. Is that good? It's twice as many as any of your neighbors. Shearing is a chore. Do we have help enough? A small army of servants... All of them well fed. That is good. To go on with my inventory, 
You have 3,000 camels. 3,000. And these neighbors you speak of, uh, they don't have that many? <laughs> Not all of them combined. Then I am indeed blessed. What else do I have? 500 yoke of oxen. The best means that man has yet devised to till the soil. And our soil is rich, that I know. We need only the weather to assure us of a fine harvest. Yes, the outlook is good. But uh, I'd like to caution you against giving away so many of our cattle. Oh, you know about that. <laughs> Not from you, Master. You didn't even bother to mention it. Well, I, uh, I had forgotten. Yes, it's a pity. I had figured out a scheme to rent our surplus animals. It would have brought us a tidy profit. That never occurred to me. In addition, it would have saved us the cost of feeding them. But we don't have that to worry about, do we? No. no but it's not the same. If I knew you contemplated an outright gift, I, I would have sheared the sheep first. <laughs> Perhaps that's why you didn't take me into your confidence, hmm? And the oxen. I would have picked those that were old and weary. I'm sure you would, Aris, and only with the best intentions. However, why should I not be generous? Is it not true that I now have more than ever before? It's true, yes. And if you'll pardon me saying so, you... Well, you, you take so little pride in your possessions. Oh, I'm grateful for them, make no mistake about that. But, Aris, you haven't mentioned my greatest riches. Oh? Oh, if, if I omitted anything of value, I'm, I'm truly sorry. What did I leave out? My seven sons and three daughters. Oh, yes, of course. But I, I took them for granted. You were correct in not listing them with such earthly possessions as cattle. And yet they are blessings we cannot afford to take for granted. Now, Harris, do you care to accompany me while we pray? And together we shall thank God for all our blessings. Satan. My lord. Satan. I see you cast eyes upon Job. Why do you contemplate him? He is truly my good and faithful servant. Even now, as you watch, does he not kneel down and adore me? Now, yes. But faithful ones I have stolen from you before. Why shouldn't Job kneel to you when you bestow upon him riches in such abundance? I give him wealth because it adorns him well. Job is good despite his riches. It is easier for a camel to pass through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. But once a just man has tasted wealth and finds it withdrawn, what then? If Job were stripped of his riches, he would still remain faithful. Your opinion only. But you haven't put it to the test. You shield all he possesses. But stretch forth thy hand a little. Remove some of this abundance. And then see what happens. All that he has is in thy hand. Only put not thy hand upon his person. Master, master, 
Arras, didn't I tell you never to disturb me when I am at prayer? Yes, Master, but this was so important, I, I didn't think it should wait. Then speak out this news of such importance. A messenger has brought bad news. The Sabians have taken all our oxes and asses. Withdraw the servants from the fields while there is still time. It is too late, Master. All our servants are slain. Satan, what think thou now? I have permitted this blow to be dealt to Job, and kneeling down, he still adores me. The man's a fool! Do you concede his goodness? No! It's just a touch of adversity Job has suffered. He's far from impoverished. He still dines well with his family, with his friends. Let me test him further with the power you have granted me. Very well. But remember, you may not touch his person. Aris, I see it in your eyes. You bring me more bad tidings. Yes, Master, and another messenger has arrived. Fire has fallen from the heaven and consumed all your sheep. This is indeed a calamity. Our shepherds, are they safe? No, Master. They too have been consumed by fire. Well, Satan, what say thee now? Job remains faithful. But look closely. I think he is beginning to give way. He still is not truly impoverished. And I glory in this power you have given me. Remember, you said I could touch anything except his person. I haven't finished yet, my lord. I haven't finished. Master, master, come quickly. What now, Eris? The Chaldeans have taken our camels and slain the last of our servants. You are no longer rich. That is something we must face, Eris. Pastor, we're beggarly poor, don't you understand? I suggest you seek greener pastures. Must I? You would be better occupied elsewhere. What does an overseer do when his master has lost everything? And there are no possessions over which to rule. If it please thee, master, I, I prefer to stay with you and hope for better days. They may be long in coming, but at least I have my family. Master... Something has happened to my family. What is it? I, I can hide it no longer. I've held back the saddest news of all. The house in which your children were feasting has been blown down. All up. The Lord giveth, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Look thou, Satan. Job is deprived of all he possesses. He has lost even the children he held so dear. Yet, kneeling down, he still adores. We vie for his soul, but on whose terms? 
You're wrong. You allow me to test him, and yet you deprive me of the sharpest weapon of all. There are those men who manage to survive adversity so long as they themselves are immune. Job is such a one. Allow me to touch his person. I have already permitted this just man to be tried as few before him have ever been tried. Job differs not from other men. His flesh and blood, I can still win. Remove this final shield, and I will snatch him from you, body and soul. His shield is removed. Master, it pains me to see you like this, struck with a grievous ulcer, covered with sores from head to foot. These things shall pass as all things earthly do. If such things were visited upon me, I doubt that I could keep the faith as you have done. Even your wife has upbraided you for your folly. She was greatly overwrought. She will think better of it when she has had time to reflect. I do not for one moment admit that the Lord has forsaken me. Well, your friends have. Seeing you this way, they have begun to question among themselves your adversity. In what way? Well, they see in you faults they've never seen before. They picture you as a wicked man whom God has justly punished. Yes. I can hear Satan whispering, Why do you remain faithful? He has turned even your friends against you. It is by this means he tempts me to evil. Do you deign to answer Satan? I do answer him. The Lord will not permit me to be tried beyond my power to endure. I still have faith in the Lord. What of your friends who have already forsaken you? Whatever misfortunes have been visited upon me, I am innocent of wrongdoing. Let those who will be swayed by the appearance of evil. But, Master, I have talked with these men. I give you warning. If you face them, it will be the greatest ordeal of all. A trial by accusation with no voice to defend you except your own. They will not come to console. That I know. There's no need for you to submit yourself to such indignities. Please, say the word, and when they come, I will send them away. Perhaps they will come to console me. No, no, no. Rather to break you in pieces with their words. Then if their eyes can bear the sight of me stricken and impoverished, surely my ears can listen when they come again. Job, your plight saddens us. We've thought it over and we have some advice to offer. I speak first for Eliphaz, the oldest and truest of your friends. And what does Eliphaz have to say? That he has seen the scourge that has come upon you and urges you to accept the facts. That God does not punish the innocent nor the just destroy. Go on. On the contrary, he has seen those who work iniquity and sorrows have been heaped upon them. Nothing upon earth is done without cause. What else does Eliphaz say? Blessed is the man who stands corrected before God. Refuse not, therefore, his chastising, for as he wounds, so also does he heal. Since Eliphaz has set himself up as a prophet, what does he predict for me? Six troubles he shall deliver thee, and in the seventh evil shall not touch thee. In famine he shall deliver thee from death, and in battle from the hand of the sword. Tell Eliphaz his words are clouded by proverbs. What would he have me do? Admit thy guilt. That, in truth, I cannot do. 
Job, again I speak to you. This time on behalf of Sophar the Namathite. Perhaps Sophar has for me the words of consolation I did not hear from Eliphaz. Deliver his message. For these things he has known of the wicked since man was placed upon earth. That his children be oppressed. That his bones shall be filled with the vices of his youth. And he shall be punished for all that he did. And yet shall not be consumed. That every sorrow shall fall upon him. That the heavens shall reveal his iniquity. And the earth shall rise up against him. That he shall be pulled down by God's wrath. The inheritance of his wickedness. So far speaks as one mind with Eliphaz. And what answer shall I give him? The same voice deserves the same answer. I am innocent. Job, out of deference to my friends, I have saved my own appraisal until last. Do you wish to hear it? Of course. Why should I deny you the same privilege I gave to Eliphaz and so far? At least you listen, although you heed not the words. Here then is my considered thought. Why do you deny the justice of God? If you will beseech the Almighty, if you will walk clear and upright, he will presently awaken unto thee and will make the dwelling of his justice peaceable. Indeed, I know that it is so. That man cannot be justified compared to God. I do not question the power of God who commands the sun and it rises not. And who does great things, incomprehensible and wonderful, of which there is no number. And who am I, therefore, to say to him, why dost thou do this or that? If I sought to justify myself, my own mouth would condemn me. This much I do say. God permits both the innocent and the wicked to be tried by torments. I shall not attempt to explain why to men whose vision is no greater than my own. Indeed, I cannot. Do you consider yourselves men of such stature that wisdom shall die with you? He that is mocked by his friends can appeal to a higher authority. I will appeal to the Almighty, for whom you pretend to speak. You scorn the counsel of friends, because it is not what you wish to hear. I shall show that you are forgers of lies and maintainers of perverse opinions. Let him rave who should be hanging his head in shame. I bid you hold your peace, that you might be thought to be wise men. Heed my reproof and seek not the judgment of me, but of yourselves. Has God any need of your lie, that you should speak deceitfully for him? By what authority do you endeavor to judge for God, and to what purpose? Shall it please him from whom nothing can be concealed? Or shall he be deceived as a man by your empty utterances? You have sought judgment, and judgment shall be upon you. He shall reprove you, he shall trouble you, and his dread shall be upon you. It is not I who is in trial before God, nor Eliphaz, nor Sofa. I listen to all of you at length. Now hold your peace a little while that I may speak whatever my mind suggests. Although he should kill me, I will trust him. But yet I will reprove my ways in his sight. And he shall be my savior. For no hypocrite shall come before his presence. 
If I shall be judged, I know I shall be found just. I have sewn sackcloth upon my skin. I have covered my flesh with ashes. And these things have I suffered without iniquity. For behold, my witness is in heaven. And he that knows my conscience is on high. Then save yourself further torments. Bow down and confess your sins. You scorch me with your reproaches. At least understand that God has not afflicted me with an equal judgment. For whatever my fate, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And on the last day I shall rise out of the earth. And I shall be clothed again with my skin. And in my flesh I shall see God. Why then do you say now, let us persecute him, and let us find words against him? Flee then from the face of the sword, for the sword is the avenger of iniquities, and judgment awaits all of us. Sometimes it doesn't wait. Judgment is already yours. How else do you explain the evil that has befallen you? The wicked often prosper in this world, even to the end of their life. But their judgment is in another world. Their houses are secure and peaceable, and the rod of God is not upon them. Their children dance and play, while they themselves rejoice in earthly pleasures. They spend their days in wealth, and then in a moment they go down to hell. Who have said to God, depart from us, we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. Then listen to us before it is too late. Although you rebuke us as a criminal scolds his executioner, we are still ready to give you the benefit of our wisdom. Wisdom? Where is wisdom to be found? Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. We've bandied words long enough. You refuse to reconcile yourself before God. Therefore, we would have none of you. Let his wrath be upon you. My Lord, hear me. If I have thought gold my strength and have rejoiced over my great riches, if I have been glad at the downfall of him that hated me and have rejoiced that evil hath found him, if as a man I have hid my sin and have concealed my iniquity, if my land cry against me, if I have eaten the fruits and have afflicted the tillers thereof, then let thistles grow up to me instead of wheat and thorns instead of barley. Job. Yes, my lord. You asked for a judgment. I, I did, but not now, O oh Lord. Let it come on the last day with those of equal guilt around me. Gird up thy loins like a man. I will ask thee, and thou answer me. I, I'll try. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if thou hast understanding. Upon what are its bases grounded? I... I don't know. Who shut up the sea without doors? I set my bounds around it and said, Hitherto thou shalt come, and shall go no further. 
Hast thou considered the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you knoweth all things. Where is the way where light dwelleth? And where is the place of darkness? I... I don't know. Yet you ponder your ordeal and seek to find the answers that are not given man to understand? Hast thou entered into the storehouses of the snow? Who is the father of rain? Or who begot the drops of dew? Canst thou send lightnings, and will they go, and will they return and say to thee, Here we are? No. No, Lord. That power is thine alone. Shall he that contendeth with God be so easily silenced? Surely he that reproveth God ought to answer him. But what can I answer, since I have spoken so inconsiderately? I... I will lay my hand upon my mouth. I will ask thee, and do thou tell me. Wilt thou make void my judgment? and condemn me that thou mayst be justified? My lord, I know that thou canst do all things, and no thought is hid from thee. Therefore I have spoken unwisely of things that exceeded my knowledge. Therefore I reprehend myself, and do penance in dust and ashes. And the Lord appeared to Eliphaz, the Themanite, and to Sophar, the Namathite, and to Baldad, the Suhite. My wrath is kindled against thee because you have not spoken the thing that is right before me, as my servant Job hath done. Take you therefore seven oxen and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer for yourselves a holocaust and my servant Job will pray for you. His face I will accept, that folly be not imputed to you. So the three accusers did, as the Lord had commanded. And when Job had prayed for them, the Lord accepted the face of Job, and blessed him for many long years thereafter. Master, we've become old together. Remember the years of misfortune. Yes, Cyrus. God has delivered you from all your woes. Once again, you have seven sons and three daughters. Once again, I'm your overseer, with more than ever to oversee. Your possessions have doubled. I am indeed blessed among men. But your attitude towards them is unchanged. This morning, I discovered a dozen sheep and a dozen oxen missing. Can you explain? Yes, Cyrus, yes. I gave them away to a good neighbor. Uh, have you forgotten so soon your recent poverty? No, Cyrus, no. I have not. But I could have sheared the sheep and picked oxen that were old and weary. Cyrus... <laughs> Will you never learn?
want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.